This is The Guardian. I'm Grace Dent and this is Comfort Eating from The Guardian. A podcast where we pay homage to the lesser celebrated foods in life. Because even as a restaurant critic, I believe the food that matters most is often that snack you cobble together when you're curled up on the sofa. Each week, I ask my guest to lift the lid on what comfort foods have seen them through their lives. Because you can tell a lot about a person from what they eat behind closed doors. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, Furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Hello friends. Today you find me as ever in my kitchen. Not gonna lie, I'm making my way through a box of fondant fancies. I do love the pink ones, but the yellow ones too. It's the chocolate ones. No, I can't decide. They're all my favourites. Today I am welcoming serious dance music royalty into my house. It's Blooming Goldie. He's coming round for a snack and a chat. Goldie was the man who brought drum and bass to the masses as the pioneer of the genre from the early 90s. Fame and fortune followed and he was a household name as well as being a fan of what the kids would call the sesh, which obviously I'm looking forward to hearing more about. Goldie had a really rough start in life growing up in care before he escaped to the US. It sounds like a roller coaster to say the least and I cannot wait to get into it with him and hear of course what a superstar DJ tucks into when he's home alone. I'll tell you something it won't be fondant fancies because I'm having them. Goldie, welcome to Comfort Eating. Hello, Comfort Eating. Welcome. Hi. Oh, <laughs> kick the chair then. You're just kicking things. <laughs> I've been kicking things all my life, apparently. <laughs> Mrs. Dent. Do I call you Mrs. Dent or Miss Dent? Uh, Miss Dent. Gracie. Gracie. I've been getting a lot You've been getting a lot. Grace, Grace, though. It's Grace, but Gracie seems to have slipped into the vernacular. I'm getting are Gracie. You, are you happy with that or not? Do you know, my family used to call me Gracie. That's why I was mad. So I That's find why. it a little bit emotional. Do you know so what when, I mean? Yeah, so when people call me Clifford and they don't know me, that's annoying. See, when I opened the door, I felt strange saying Goldie because I thought I I know maybe guy. you don't like being called Goldie. I don't mind. I don't mind. It's that persona thing, isn't it? I don't mind. This is the part of the podcast where I get to eat with you. Oh. I've got very high hopes for this snack. What have you brought me? I have bought you. I am better than Deliveroo, by the way. I have a new version. I'm the urban version. See that rustling? You might think, yeah. what's he got there? Oh, look, it's some canapes or some hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> no, it's the great British breakfast. And there he is. Oh. It's a, a British breakfast, which Goldie. I've been lamenting for. Lament, Lamont, whatever it is. This, by the way. Goldie, it's a, it's a, it's a fry up. It's a fry up, man. Come on. I mean, uh, look. We're losing brownie points here, aren't we? I've already 
got several things I want to say. There's a fried egg, delicious. There's some mushrooms, delicious. There's some very crispy bacon. There's some bread, a lot of butter. Yeah. What is the kind of splat at the other side? What is okay, that? Okay, this 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 is a West Midlands thing. Explain right. The, the tin tomatoes is a thing tomato. where well, tin tomatoes are tin tomatoes, isn't they? I mean, just get people just don't get they stick their nose up at. Yeah, that crunch. Grace mm. is straight into the sourdough. A bit of black pepper in there too. Yeah. Got that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crispy. Oh, look at that. The mushrooms. Um, I'll speak my mouthful. A bit of a lemon salt. Mm. Well, that tastes pretty good. It's a, the reason it, why. It's an all day breakfast. Bacon. You know, wherever I am. Okay. Oh. But what about the tomatoes? Between tomatoes, man. Can't beat them. Oh, do you know? I'm, You're not I res- Look. Not you. I respect the fact that you've brought <laughs> a fry up. I am in full admiration. But not the fry. I think the crispy bacon, streaky bacon <laughs> is ingenious. I love the fact that it's quite a hard yolk. It's not a runny yolk. What good's a runny yolk well, when you're starting to try and... Like, it listen, there was difficult. traffic. I was travelling. You know, I'm, but, I'm beating all the other delivery drivers again. <laughs> But tin tomatoes, no. they're even more useless than when you get like a really <laughs> hard chunk of tomato on like no, a hotel if buffet. On a, if they were put on a plate in a posh restaurant with a bit of spinach and a small bit of bread, you might just take it. I don't know. I just think tin tomatoes are the best. I've never liked the taste of real tomatoes because they're made from them. But plum peeled tomatoes, you know, stewed. It's the thing with that. It's the combination of that and the bacon. Yeah. I've had fry ups all my life. I went yesterday. In fact, I had one this morning. Do you still feel the same about your teeth now that you did when you got them done? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like my thing is... I've, I've had it's like my fourth set. I stopped oh. 10 years ago. Because the first set I had, if you look at magazines, they're Mercedes with diamonds with... <laughs> It's just ego <laughs> teeth, right? But now I'm like, I just want, I've got to boss level. I just want planes. Do they affect what you eat? Oh, not at all. People go, you take them out. No thanks, the permanence. You know, like there's people Does that, that annoy you when people think that you put them like in a No, glass? it's a bit of a novelty when people take it in, in and out. And they had a bad experience. You're not going to eat that bacon, are you? I'm not eating it. You eat it. Mm, sorry. Well, that answers I'm reaching over to great dense plate. <laughs> I want my eye on this bacon for a minute. Mm. <laughs> I had ones that were impermanent. You can clip them in. They've got to fit snug, like a leather glove to a tuck. Yeah. However, you get food behind them and all that stuff. And we were t- we were going we were doing a job in Jacksonville. We drive from Miami to Jacksonville. It's a bit of a drive. Yeah. We went to Denny's to eat. And I remember taking them out and putting them in a, in a tissue, getting in the car, driving around, going, "Oh fuck! I forgot my teeth." Oh my god! You left your teeth like in Denny's. Denny's. You were rifling through. The rubbish, trying to find Did you get them? I didn't get them. Oh, darling. That's that's tragic. And you were got, never going to get them back from and Denny's. we got all of the equipment in the car to go and set up in Jacksonville. So when we got there, we sorted it out. You were born Clifford Joseph Price mm-hmm. in Walsall, Staffordshire, mm-hmm. 1965. You live with your mum, Maggie, your brother, Melvin. You were put into care at four years old, very young. Mm-hmm. Did you understand what was going on at that point? No one does at age, did they? 
Did you understand? You can tell me a four-age, four-year-old guy that knows kid that knows what's going yeah. on. No one knows what's going on. Did anyone explain? No. Well, you don't know. You're just gonna you're being away. You're you're just not gonna be here. Yeah. You know your mum's not well. Was she not well? No, she was. She was grand. She was doing what she was doing. She couldn't cope. Yeah. She she couldn't cope with the rest of the kids and Melvin and I had a real big problem with mum and mother for years. But you have to have empathy. Yes. If you don't find empathy, you you can't really manage with it. And, and and I was always throwing stones from the glass house, as they say. Yes. So my mum, seven sisters, all right, for a call, thrown out of her house because she was dating a black guy. She lived mm. in Scotland. She just got down to Newcastle and Leeds. Okay. And she sang in a pub in Leeds. So she was a pub singer. And yeah. she met my dad there. Yeah. And then she met two black guys, you know, the, the, the big one, you know, the, we had the windrush thing and there's lots mm. of people working. You know, they promised to the earth and fell in love with two guys. And then they just let her down at various times. So my mum was from pillar to post. So it's very yeah. difficult. So you go to care, a massive upheaval. Does what you're eating at this point change too? What, what Do you oh, remember what you were eating when you were... I'm still eating breakfast. It's lovely. Do you know, and I, I, I love that. Children's jobs are weird. You know, the 70s, for me, you kind of like... 25 to 40 kids at any time. Mm. You've got a menu that you mm. have. It's on, it's on rotation. What was the but one you dreaded? One I dreaded was liver and bacon. Yeah. But it was, it was just liver. What was worse was the foster parents in between. There was a couple, I don't want to name them. Mm. He was a minor at the time. He used to come back covered in soot and coal, whatever it was he was in. I'd be eating my food and he'd come in. It was a room that was dedicated to eating and there was just a small, I always remember this small table with just a place for him and a place for me. Yes. And I'd eat, and I wouldn't eat with the rest of them for some reason. And he'd come in and sit down, wouldn't say anything, he'd be hammering the plates, hammering the plates. And, and I had this thing where I kept looking at his plate. It was always just a habit I had. Because mm. he'd say, what are you looking at my plate for? And, and you know what you tell a kid, what are you looking at that for? You, you start looking at him more. And he used to get his plate and he'd scrape all the food off and say, eat it. And he'd make me eat all of the food on the plate. What was it? Whatever it was, it was shepherd's pie or whatever. I can't remember, it was just food. Yeah. And he would he would just make me eat it. He'd force me to eat it. And I'd feel really sick. Mm. And he, oh, he got a beating and the belt was out. He loved the belt. Back then in the 70s, men loved belts yes. for some reason. Yeah, they did. Loved the belt. Yeah. And that was weird for me. And that was a really that was a really bad experience. But when I come back to the children's homes, there was always certain things I liked, like toad in the hole. Or, you know, like sausages with gravy. Yeah. Some mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So these were the things that gave you Give comfort. Give me comfort, yeah. Yeah. Did you go back to live with your mum when you were 18? I went to live, I ran away, found her, home visits, finally got to go live with her. So I turn up. Oh God. My suitcase. And she went, I wonder when you're gonna turn up. And, and that was just coming, and that was it. When you were spending time with your mother around then, what was like a typical, a typical day? Just oh, a typical day together? would be me and my brother, We'd go over to the factories on a weekend, break into a factory, nick whatever we could. What kind of thing? Oh, safes, anything that had money, anything. My brother was really good at taking out wall safes, right? He liked the safes, and he'd take out a safe. And we'd get it in the back of a motor, like with, that, with the boot up, and we'd get it home. Did you take it back to your mother's oh, house? Oh, yeah, we'd take it back to mum's. Did your mother know? Oh, mum was making tea. <laughs> well, oh, she must have seen you coming in well, with we, a safe. What she would do, no, we'd come, because it was chervil rise, it was two floors, so you'd come in, and there's a living room, a kitchen, kitchen to the right, living room, a door for upstairs. Yeah. We'd come in, 
we put a blanket down and we put the safe there and my brother would spend hours trying everything they could to get into this safe. And we'd take oh it in turns, God. spending like, you know, an hour maybe on each, trying to get into, just get a corner. If he could get a corner open, you were in, right? But he was really, he was calling Mad Melvin. He was, he was mad. My brother was mad. So you your know, mother's in the kitchen making she, tea? She'd come down and go, what's all this noise? And Melvin would go, oh, Mom, go back to bed, man. And then she'd just go, you know, can't beat him. Do you want you know, she'd, she'd make the tea. And yeah. we'd get, the thing that we all feared was that Melvin would get a corner of the safe open. He'd open it. There'd be nothing in there. <laughs> There's nothing in there. Oh, it was it. What snack goes well with trying to break into a safe? Waffles. First off, I say waffles. <laughs> we used to go out. There was a thing. Listen, money, money Mondays, right? Melvin would say to me, money Mondays. And me being naive, what's money Mondays? That's when everyone gets their money. Mom gets money. And Nick gets the money, he's having a baby. We've got money Mondays. We've got, he goes, because he's Rasta, but he's still getting safe, Nick, breaking into. I'm like, yeah. bit of a weird thing, that is a bit of a contradiction. <laughs> We'd go to Holland and the Barrett and he'd get a veggie burger. And he would drive, and oh, and he'd just give me some money, man. But mum would go shopping and she'd do what she could, the best she could. Yeah. Beans. But we'd make executive beans. Oh. Onions. On. Sliced huh? up. It's fancy. Pan fried. You put the beans in. You get a bit of flour. Yeah, cook some dumplings, fry dumplings. Executive beans, man. Executive beans. <laughs> That's just that meal would be executive beans. But on the Monday Mondays, because mum would have gone, we'd go, we'd go and she'd get waffles and fish fingers. Mm. Waffles and, and that would, be everything would be finished by Tuesday. Tuesday night, everything's done. So Wednesday, Mon- we've got to find some money. Monday was a feast. It was a feast day. Monday was the best day of the week for us. Where did school fit into any of this? Well, did you fits- go to school? Uh, well, I, I, was the, I was one that everyone laughed at because I'd had a 100% school record by being in care. Mm, yeah. But I had a love for art. Remember, I've just left school anyway because I was 18. I was 17, 18. Yeah. I'd kind of, I was just left Frank F. Harrison. But you'd got into art when but you were got into school. art. That was I'd got, when... I'd got into art and I was going to go... I was going to, to art college. But the only reason why I got to art college, which is in Warsaw was because of Mr. Hurst. Because he got me through art school. He got me through school to get me the old level that I needed to get into art school, if that makes any sense. And then you go to art school. And I go to art school, and I'm thinking, I don't want to paint old ladies. But I learned to do a lot there. And I'd finished the first year, and I was going through so much emotional torment at the mm. time. Um, that I just, I remember, I remember one day I just got up, and went, fuck this. And I walked out and climbed over the fence. Kind of went back to Wolverhampton and we were just robbing all of the time. And I, we were just hustling. We used to buy a two pound drawer from Pops. He used to roll it up in a little bag and he had loads of seeds in it half the time, which is no good. But then I, my love for art was so so mad that I started making chalices for Rastas to smoke weed in. <laughs> Well, the thing is, it does sound that from the off, you did have an incredible talent. You take this and you go to New York, you get into the art scene there. And of course, the gold teeth business. That was by accident, though. I mean, the teeth were just by default. But you end up in Miami. (sighs) And then your dad is in Miami. Yeah, well, that's why I kind of went. Yeah. I I went at the peak. Did you connect with him when you got there? Oh, it's a weird yeah. connection. Yeah. I went, I was in New York. I, this was my second visit. 
I painted the train, done what I wanted to do, New York, this is amazing, before the trains died. But you end up in Miami. That's a very different scene, Miami. It's is a very it completely different culture. Very, But I go yeah. there because of my dad, because my mother had a picture on her mantelpiece of my dad with a really horrible collar. And I saw this picture and thought, oh, I'm going to go bald when I'm older, Jesus Christ. But I look just like him. Did you? I'm like, oh my God, I look just like this guy. So I've, I've made contact with him. Uh, my mum gave me his number from a letter that she had. And he was in a place called Carroll City, which is a Jamaican, you know, area. Yeah. And I've gone there, and big hoo-ha, and I've gone there and it's winter and I've, I've got an ice wash goose down from New York. I'm, I've got like air like a Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. going to Miami. Yeah. And I go to Miami and turn up at Miami and I come out of the airport and I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's baking! <laughs> my tea jacket off. <laughs> and I'd set my jacket off, sweating, thinking this is my... I know it was going to be hot, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. And there he is, this guy, waiting to meet me. At the airport. And he just goes, come on in. No kind of... No hug, didn't get no hug. nothing. Did you eat together? The food's good yeah, in Miami. Yeah, Jamaican food, man. You know, you go in the house, you spin the wallpaper, man. Jamaican food. Yams and everything else mm. is lovely. And the smell of the cooking is preparing it. Everything is like, oh, it's part of it. Mm. Cersei tea. You know, I'm, I don't feel well. Do you want to drink some Cersei tea? Because my dad is a herbalist. I'm a junglist. Okay. He's a bit of an herbalist. Okay. Dad is in the garden. He's got everything. He's growing everything. That's why he's got tales and raconteur stories. Because he thinks that this is going to save him. Everything in his garden. Me have a portion for that. You know? Me have a little portion. A little portion of that. Make a little... You must yeah. drink this now. Liquid of life is nothing compared to what my dad does. All of this stuff that he puts together. And he'll boil it up and wait and seize it. And I'll just take whatever he's got and, and drink it. And it's like, ooh. Oof. But, but I can understand meeting my brothers and meeting the rest of the family. I didn't feel special anymore because, you know, meeting my brother, for example, I remember my dad going, Clifford! Meet Clifford. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me just reload this for a minute. Uh, and he's older than me. Clifford's like 10 years older than me. I'm like, Dad, I'm looking at him thinking, Clifford! <laughs> and I'm thinking, and I, I couldn't, I had to wait to ask him this. But the fact that he named this other kid yeah. before, for me, was a no-no. It was like, really, yeah. I felt so worthless. Yeah. I felt insignificant. But, well, you know what? Why? If one day we have another one, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, no. it's an island. I don't know if it's an island thing. But listen, my mum was secondary. He'd already had a missus in Jamaica, but it made me think. Right, you know what? It's even more reason why Goldie's going to just run this thing now. Boom. Well, talking about running this thing, boom. In the early nineties, you come back to the UK. You move to London. You become completely enveloped in the electronic music scene. What is it about this lifestyle, this community that takes you in? What is it? I think that the community of DMB and Jungle is so strong because we had so many years of being outsiders. Yeah. You know, oh, it's never going to last. Oh, really? Okay. I wouldn't want to bet against that, mate. Certain people diss this music. I remember getting dragged out of Kiss FM. So life felt like being we, an outsider. We were really outsiders. But when we were inside, once you got inside, once I stood in the queue at Rage in the members queue and I could not get in. I keep going away, coming back the next week. 
Why wouldn't they like Not you? Not tonight, mate. Just the way I looked. They would think you were trouble. Maybe. But the first, the next night I came, I think it was five five attempts. I went, I'm ready to get his turn. He went, go on then. And I've gone in there and I've gone in there with a, I've got a long black jacket and with a fur collar. I'm in there with Kemi and I've walked in there and I've just, I've just been back from New York. And I've just walked in there and I've just got all these people on podiums just going, oh my God, this is insane. Yeah. I'd already been to a story. I'd already been to these little things and little raves around because I've come back from America and all of a sudden I've left when all the football fans were fighting and I've come back yes. and they're all taking pills. So if I talk to you about that point, yeah, there's going to be a lot of clubs and parties and raves and going to recording studios, but what were you eating around then? Were you eating? <laughs> um, Where did you, did you come out of a club and ever go and go? Crystal Kebab, what? go and have a, go and have a kebab at Crystal's or something in Arangay. Crystal Kebab. Crystal, have a nice Crystal Kebab. You know, Tinseltown wasn't really around even then. Do you know what I mean? Because Tinseltown used to be in the West, used to be 24 hours. Did you get wined and dined by record companies? Yeah, but it was like getting signed. I went out for a meal with Pete Tong, I'll never forget it, near Goose Street. Mm. Charlotte Street it was, and it was an Asian setup. Yeah. I've got a prawn allergy, and it ain't nice. And I've had fish cakes, and I've felt this thing in my mouth, and I've gone, hang on a minute, and I've just gone, bosh, and I've just gone, blacked out. I woke up in an hospital, and Pete's going, I'm really sorry, mate. I'm really sorry, mate. Because <laughs> I've had to have, like, epipens and all kinds. You know, I need to kill me. Pete Tom nearly killed yeah, you. Yeah, nearly kill me. Nearly kill me. Thanks, sorry. Pete. Thanks for that. <laughs> In 1995, you release one of the most seminal pieces of not just electronic music, but music, full stop. It's your debut album, Timeless. You win the MOBO Award for Best Album. You are enormously famous at this point, stratospheric, and let's face it, completely loaded. I need your most bizarre story from this time. Most bizarre, there's a few, sorry, there are a few. One of the most bizarre. So it was, it was Noel's house. He'd blown up like how I used to be, rule the world. I'd miss Nebworth. I was really pissed because I was on tour. This bacon's really good. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I've, he's, at this, he's at a place, I'm not going to say where, but it's a country manor. Yeah. Beautiful. Gravel drive. And we're mad weekends. And I turned up and I get there and we're sitting there having a little chat. And it's been a poor night, it's been crazy. And the buzzer goes and it, it, fucking Jaguar, two door, black or dark blue turns up. What the fuck is that? Is? What the fuck is this? It's a delivery. Fucking car turned up. But he forgets ordering it. So it's true. He's ordered yeah. his car and his car's turned up on a flatbed. As you do. You know, it, it just it's just mental. That, I mean, I think that at the time, we we were really close going out a lot. And it's weird speaking about it because I think that that time, I, I saw pictures of me and Noel coming out of a club thinking, look at me with my stupid sunglasses on, you idiot. And Noel's got really big eyebrows. You know, these real big, big things going on. <laughs> but we look like, you know, we've just been dragged through, a, I don't know, we've just been dragged through a hedge we both look like. Did you ever all sit down and just have a nice, quiet dinner? No, that never happened. Did you ever mean to? You don't really, because back then it was all about it was and it was insane. 
I was still in, remember, I was still in the high rise. When Timeless got signed, I didn't have an house yet. I was still overlooking London going, King of New York! Thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> I got an house with pink wallpaper in Hertfordshire with a swimming pool, thinking, yeah, I'll move in in a minute, I'll get it sorted out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Someone who's had all these experiences you've talked to me about until now, being in care, getting into petty crime, it feels like to have achieved what you did and to be still here, it feels like you've got such resilience. Do you know that? Do you feel that? It's, it, to yeah. me, I look at you and it's like your titanium. You just seem to keep going. How did you do it? How did you get through the other oh. side? Uh, I think I got fed up when I saw like three or four cars on the driveway. Why? 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 You know, like because because it's like four in the afternoon. I've been off my head. It's Tuesday. I'm still off my head. I look out the curtain. There's a kid with a ball. You know, and I think I've had this story in the book where the the, the kid balls rolls onto the driveway and he he looks up and he looks at the house and I'm like fucking behind the curtain, like paranoid, thinking. And, look, and this kid just walks on and looking at the car. I just go all the way back when I think about it in rhetoric. I go back thinking about when I'd seen a Jetson on the driveway and the curtains closed in someone's house. Thinking yeah. if I had that car, I'd be out. It's sunny. Right. So this thing, this revelation of like... So this was Tuesday and you're still... I'm like, I think I'm looking at the carpet. For, you know, no drug dealers asking their phone number. And I'm like, oh, this is bollocks. Yeah. There has to be a truth in it. You can't not face this truth. I was addicted. I was crazy. I was pretty much... You know, Wednesday, Thursday, I was like light, lit, lit paper. Like you could, anything would stop. Road rage was, forget it. It was just through the fucking roof. It was, I was horrible. I was... We're in a massive come down. Oh, massive. And, uh, you know, and just being reminded by people, you know, my 40th birthday, I had my birthday cake. I can't remember it. It sounds like kind of, I won't say rock bottom. It feels like kind of almost like an anchor that's at the bottom of the sea, just like going along for like a few years. You're sitting in your house, you're taking drugs until Tuesday. And until then the battery runs out the phone and no the, one answers until the no phone. Until yeah, no yeah. one will deliver anymore. No, nah, it's just madness. It, do you look, after yourself at all do you go into the kitchen and make yourself something oh, man. I delicious mean, my, my, to eat yeah or? I mean I, I I will make I mean Cliffy's chicken is just so you know Cliffy's chicken is the stuff of legend this is little Cliffy's chicken Cliffy's chicken is the best it's like a it's like a I hate the word fusion but it's yeah. like a Jamaican stew chicken 
but it's with turmeric, still same time, same brown sugar. Scotch bonnets is a must because you can't get them in Asia. Well, you can now. Scotch bonnets, you have to have chocolate bonnets. Brown sugar, four big tomatoes or eight small ones. Yeah. Mediterranean salt, thyme, turmeric, curry powder, madras. I get like five thighs, ten wings, all chopped up. A whole coop of chickens. You Pretty much, cook. yeah. You'll get a bin liner or whatever you got. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll yeah, get the... It's... Wash it, yeah, put it in there. Get, <laughs> get, get the peppers in there. Get onions, slice them up, get everything in there. So you've got the... You've got to start the marination process. And I'll just marinate, put, put a big knot in it. Just marinate it, man. Just give it a good old thing. Put it in the YouTube. <laughs> Cliffy's Chicken, legendary. Are you doing this on Come Down Tuesday, though? No, this no, this was uh, this start. This started later. In this my started life. later in life. Oh yeah, that, that, was, that was takeaway all the way, man. That was Chinese takeaway <laughs> all the way. Come right. down, come down Tuesday was all about takeaways. This is the new me, the new me. But Cliffy's Chicken's have been a thing that I've developed over like the last, you know, well, like fifteen years really. I really mastered it in in Hertfordshire. I really kind of got my head around it. I was kind of getting clean and straightening out and I kind of mastered it I, I started doing chilli chicken it wasn't the same and I, but I really started getting a hold of it it's the one meal that I can cook that my wife just says please just please make it my daughter's like please make it two thousand seven you meet the woman who is now your wife Mika tell me about the first time you set eyes on her? Oh, it was New Heights in Shanghai. Mm. And she was with a friend of mine called Dave Milligan. And she interviewed me. She, she was asked <sighs> to do an interview, which is really weird, it's, it's, but it was funny. Yeah. But she come to, this was the second time actually, but the first time she'd come to this dinner and, I'd, I'd, and I just could, I saw her. She walked in with Dave. I just could not stop looking at this girl. And this is the thing that was just weird. They were, just go and sit next to her. I said, I bite you. And I'm like, oh, and suddenly we start talking. I'm like, look. And I remember leaving to go to the airport. And I remember, like, and I just says, I just want to speak to you. And she yes. came to the door and I just couldn't help it. I just kissed her on the cheek. Oh, my God. And anyway, I left and then Dave. You were kind of in love. Oh, I don't know what happened, but it was banged to right. Obviously, it was like, if it's not the first sight exists, then this definitely was it. Well, you were a bit scared of her then, clearly. You didn't want to sit down. It was different. It wasn't, it was different from the very beginning. So what happens is I then, I then send Dave an email. I go, listen, please, can you put me in contact with her? And so he did. And I said, look, I'm coming to Japan. And can I get your number? I spoke to her and says, look, I'm coming to Japan. I'm like, I know your game. I'm not. I'm not. I'm like no, but I've got and it's twin rooms and it's a double, it's two single beds and it's fine. And, yeah. and I want to talk about merchandise because I was doing metalless merchandise at the time, which I still do. So we do, we go to the thing, and I'm thinking, I'm in here, going to this hotel, and we ran, we're spending some time in, in Japan. We were like two kids. It was the most amazing. I never, I never had that. I hadn't had that feeling. And then I started writing letters, which I never do. And I just started writing like you would, like a beast. I just started writing, writing and writing and writing. Sometimes it, it got up to like five letters a week. Sometimes it That's... got up to like to insane letters. Some letters I would even, I would even get creative with letters. I'd start writing letters with a microscope, with pens, and I'd start writing giant letters that were as big as this room that I'd fold in, I'd fold up and send it to DHL. But it's a large letter written with really large pens. You know, when, I, you know when you get together with somebody and you have to have a conversation at some point about yes. the, the other people that they've gone out with? 
how did you broach that you'd been out with Naomi oh, Campbell and Bjork? Trust me, trust these me. Are, these are, this is big trust shoes me, to fill. Trust me, it doesn't, it's not. And it's not an issue because that's just the ego. Is it? It's, yes, it is. It is. It doesn't come. It doesn't come into the equation. It's like that's done. It's what. That's that's yeah, the past. That's the past. She was just not into the fame. Didn't know who I was. Didn't care. Yeah. Knew I was a DJ. Just not care about it. So that stuff doesn't come up. It's not on the menu. Like, all I need to talk about your past relationships. Why? That's not a thing. Why so should it be a thing? Some women would. Well, that's the wrong women then. Yeah. And the wrong guy. Whatever you put in the letters. You ended up marrying this lady. You now live in Thailand with your daughter, mm. Coco. Sakuko. Mm. Sakuko. Tell Sakuko. me Sakuko. Well, her name is Cherry Blossom because okay. her mom, she's Japanese, you know. So mom's half Japanese. She's Japanese. She's half Japanese. And there's three love boxes. Love box one, love box two, love box three. And these boxes ended up going into one big trunk. So when Coco grows up, she will look at these letters and have all of these memories these things that I never had. It's very important for me. You you grew up without your dad around. Does that affect fatherhood? Of course it does. Because I had to learn to be a father. Me and Chance had a difficult time. Me and Daniel had a difficult time. Daniel's got a really good kind of political thing. Danny Blacks, he's got a thing running. Danny Price, my kid's really, he's really into the whole politics and he's mm. like, he's really exposing people. And, you know, Jamie, unfortunately, you know, post-Cold Wars and all that. Before post-Cold Wars existed, he's got another... Six years with good behaviour. We speak every week. Yeah. And not being there in the, in the father environment. I wasn't a great father. Mm. So you learn fatherhood because I wasn't taught these things. It feels like hedonism is kind of behind you. Now. Oh, yeah. I mean... What's a day in the life like at your house now? Getting up at 5am, morning call. You're here in a village. I live in a Muslim village, which is a great village. I'd write, right, what are we doing today? Right, it's, it's a mountain, so right, what we'll do, cool, right, right, check my emails, check a few things, right, go on. first of all, meditation, TM, do my TM session, do a few stretches. Transcendental meditation. Yeah, and then how I'll, long for that? How long? Usually 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I go under, I'll go under a few times. And then, and then I'll that... chime in a bit, I'll have a little bit of the old bowls, I have a few of my favourite bowls. Bit of chime and just res- it resonate. Bowls really resonate with me. They really, really resonate. And I've got my favourites and I have a little clip around. I'm not going to sit there and go, hey man, let's welcome to... Nothing worse than doing bowls when people just talk. Just play the bowls, man. <laughs> just, just play the goddamn <laughs> bowls. Because what you start hearing is... Yeah. I don't want to hear the story of it. I just want to hear you to play the bowls. So then I'll, I'll, I'll get ready. Sons, I'll go to the beach. Go and have a little paddle around. I may swim to the boats and back, which is like a kilometre and a half to the boats. Yeah. And if I know I'm going to walk, I'll just have a little dabble. So I'll just come back to the house and I'll get my hiking gear on and I'm up the mountain. 9K, up through the jungle. Easy at first, then it starts going up and down and then you go into the jungle and you're in the canopy. Does, it, does hot yoga come into this? Yeah, yeah, this is just on any given day. So this is like a, like a Monday, Tuesday, hiking. And then right Wednesday, I'm like, right, I'm off to Goldvert, so I'm off to Qatar. I'm on the motorbike, headphones on, music, down the coastline, and I'm just driving to Qatar through Patong, up over the hill, and you come over the hill and you see the white Buddha, the big Buddha, and you go, damn, and your music hits the right time, and you're like, and sit there. I get, I'm emotional, I'll cry, listen, I'll cry at Bambi, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a blaster. You come home from hot yoga. 
get a med- nice bath. You've meditated, you've done a massive hike, you've swam in the sea, you've done all these amazing zen things. What are you having for lunch? We'll go to Phuket Town, maybe, have some lunch. My Mika will do, she'll, she's just does some amazing stuff. She'll do like a lentil curry. She never came from England, so she was fascinated with roasts. She's got a fascination with British roasts. The whole idea of Sunday roast, he's like, what? Like, yeah, yeah, you get it on one day of the year, Thanksgiving. We do it like every Sunday. So she got fascinated with doing a pork roast by taking the skin off and scarring the skin and putting on water on the skin so the skin opens up and to retying it and making her own home stuffing the whole night. She's full on to doing like roasts or she'll do, she'll bake like a demon. She'll like banana cake with, you know, with walnuts and chocolate. <clears throat> She's like, show my Achilles heel. You know, but we Why? have healthy stuff. We're Why? Like very... Because you want to eat like health, very healthy, and keep. This is listen. She and has healthy your... ingredients. And These then are... your wife makes killer cakes. But it's healthy cake. It's not bad. Listen, there's bad cake. Yeah. And there's good cake. She's got healthy ingredients. We have a we have very little dairy. So like she'll do brownies that are non-dairy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's just like. I don't know she does. She it. really looks after you. Oh, she, she does. She she's like properly looks she after does. you. But she gets Cliffy's chicken every now and then. Just remember that. Okay? Just remember that. And some good, good loving. You know. You're still releasing music. You're still playing into the early hours at venues all over the world. Mm-hmm. What keeps you coming back? I didn't want to be this nostalgic thing where, of course, it gets nostalgic when you get to this age because people ask you about these things you've done. But when I get people that, you know, I, play, I played lively in Newcastle and these kids are going, oh my God, what's your fucking tune? And they're like, they're like young yes. and they love it. And you're playing stuff that I've made and I'm thinking, they've never heard it before, just played it. There's such a buzz with, if there is an underground, where I've navigated to, I don't do the big festivals anymore. I'm done with that. I'm done with all that. Because for me, it's kind of like, yeah, that's all what you do when you, when you, I've done Glastonbury, been there, done yeah. it. Yeah. I've done all that stuff. I'm doing Glastonbury this year because it's been, you know, there's been a big hiatus. Mm. And I'm, you know, and I'm, you know, Shangri-La, you got to do it if you're there. Yeah. You know, and, and I like the fact that I play integral electronic drum and bass music. It's the I'm, newness of it, isn't it? Well, it's, it's the newness not, of it. You don't want to be a nostalgic act. It's the Well, newness. it's the idea that you can play one record that's 25 years old and one record that's just been made last week and it's like you wouldn't even know the difference. Yeah. That's how strong this music is. But what keeps me going is the fact that I've got the live shows at Ronnie Scott's. Yeah. You know, and Ronnie's is such an intimate place. I, I, I like that. Give yeah. me the jazz. Give me the jazz angle anytime. Give me the small, low key, you know, smoky room, low ceiling. Turn the lights off. Whether it's a rave, whether it's Ronnie Scott's, I prefer that. I mean, I mean that time. I like that. Really, Goldie. This has been wild. Has it? Yeah. You didn't even have ketchup. I didn't even have any ketchup. I didn't, didn't need it. I didn't. I don't think I even asked any questions. Thank you for comfort eating with me. Oh, the bacon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> You've bacon. eaten all of my bacon. I have indeed. You can take these tomatoes with you. <laughs> you know, but, well, you're not going to get them in a certain time. <laughs> this episode of Comfort Eating was produced by Jack Paramount. The series producer is Leia Green and the executive producer is Kathy Drysdale. Music and sound design is by Axel Cacoutier and this episode was mixed by Solomon King. If you like comfort eating, please leave us a review. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. 
and use the hashtag ComfortEatingPod to get in touch about the podcast or share your own comfort foods. This is The Guardian. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.